Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Lantern Light. I'm your host, Isaac Payne, and today we will be talking about yokai. As I mentioned in our last episode, yokai are spirits, demons, or creatures from Japanese mythology. In this series, we will be talking about the creatures and not the myths associated with the creatures or gods of Japanese mythology, and we will save that for a later season of Lantern Light. And without further ado, welcome to this episode. But before we get in, please remember to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you like the show. And it's easy, quick, and it really does help out a ton. Today's episode will be primarily focused on Oni, which are straight-up demons. Um, the classic red-skinned, or some of them, I should say, red-horned, red horned, red-skinned, giant creature, what we think of demons, the, right, the modern interpretation of a demon. So, let's go. The canny oni. So the canny oni are crab oni. In fact, their literal translation means crab demon. Their habitat and diet are not well talked about. In fact, with most yokai, this is the case. Most of the time, they act and functionally work like fearsome critters, like we talked about in the summer, if you were there. Fearsome critters are more creatures based on what they do, based on what they look like. Although with yokai, it's a bit more reversed. The canny oni are crabs with blue, greeny, spiky carapaces. The faces are whiskered with blue lips and eyes which roll in opposite directions, which is incredibly grotesque, and honestly, I would hate to see this thing. It's disgusting. The canny oni come from Bakamo Zukushi Emaikai. And like other yokai found in this anonymous Edo period scroll, no description of them is given beyond an illustration. While many of the yokai printed on this scroll are based on puns, names, on pun names, which allow us to speculate on their nature, Kani Oni simply means crab demon and does not leave much room for interpretation. The blackened teeth suggest the old-fashioned ohaguru, which often gave its users a frightful appearance. The spikes on its shell are tusks, its blue-green color, and its facial hair all give off the impressions of a classical oni. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the canny oni. Thank you. See you at the next one. The big, bad, original oni. So now I'm talking about, obviously, the original red-skinned, evil, people-eating oni. Onis are... Somewhat similar to demons, orcs, ogres, or trolls of modern America. Oni are known to have superhuman strength and are known to be associated with powers like thunder and lightning, along with their evil nature and association with murder and cannibalism. They're typically portrayed as big, huge, hulking figures with one or more horns growing out of their head, massive teeth, and occasionally a third eye in the center of their head. They are typically depicted with red, blue, black, or yellow-colored skin, 
wearing loincloths of tiger pelt and carrying iron canabo clubs, sometimes also wood. They also have a three to six digit on each hand and foot tipped with claw-like nails. Oni can change their looks to fool their victim into trusting them. Oni can be male or female, but have been predominantly male throughout history. Female Oni are sometimes referred to by the name Yamauba as a man or woman, regardless of the gender, are as monstrous as Oni are. They have been linked with bringing good fortune and wealth. During the Heian period of 794 to 1185, Oni were depicted in Japanese literature as Setsua, a terrifying monster that ate people. A prominent depiction of the Oni that eat people in one mouthful is called Oni Hitakuchi. I'm sure I butchered that, so I'm sorry. And Nihon Ryokoi, The Tales of Eyes, and Konjaku Monogatarishu, for example, a woman is shown being eaten in one mouthful by an Oni. It was not until the legend of Shunin Doji was created that the Oni began to be depicted in paintings, and the 14th century Oyama Okatoba is the oldest surviving Emma <laughs> Kimono depicting Shuten Doji. Shuten Doji has been regarded as the most famous and strongest Oni in Japan. The legend of Shuten Doji has been described since the 14th century in various arts. Traditional performing arts and literature arts such as emakimono, jururi, no, kabuki, bunraku, ikai, tachi, dojiru, in which Minamoto no Yoramitsu decapitated Shuten Doji. And the legend is now designated as a national treasure and one of the Tinka Gokin, five greatest swords under heaven. We'll get into that into another episode. They are popular characters in Japanese art, literature, and theater, and appear as stock villains. In the well-known fairy tales of Momotaro, Peach Boy in English, Isenboshi and Kabaturo Jisan, although Oni have been described as frightening creatures, they have become tamer in modern culture, as people tell less frightening stories about them like Oni Mask and Red Oni Who Cried. Demon Gate According to Chinese Taoism and Asteric Onomyoto, the ways of yin and yang, the northeasterly direction is termed the Kaman, Demon Gate, and is considered an unlucky direction through which evil spirits passed. Based on the assignment of the twelve zodiac animals, may I add, not signs, we're not talking about traditional astrology here, instead Chinese horoscopes, which is nothing like modern-day astrology. Based on the assignment of the twelve zodiac animals to the cardinal directions, the Kaiman was also known as the Ushitaro, or ox-tiger, direction. One hypothesis is that the Oni's bovine horns and tiger skin loincloth developed as a visual depiction of this term. I'm not going to dwell on Demon Gate much longer because it just goes much more in depth. If you want to read on it, there's a great Wikipedia article on it and a couple videos on YouTube that go way more in depth than I'm going to.
That brings us to Oni and pop culture. I'm not going to talk too much about other pop culture references because there's lots of Japanese TV shows that has Oni and Oni brethren, I want to say, as characters or enemies or just in the show in general. I forget the name of the Netflix show, but there's like a huge show that's just on yokai. It's like stop motion. It's pretty fun. I watched a little bit of that. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, that's pretty neat. The main thing I want to dwell on is a series that's still ongoing to this day, but you can only buy the games in Japan. That would be Yokai Watch. Yokai Watch is one of my all-time favorite games. I own all three installments, and I would like to get the fourth one on the Switch, even though I'll have to translate it into um, English myself. Uh, there are Oni in that. Um, so they are very neat. I'll go in more in depth than them in a minute. Uh, Yokai Watch is a lot like Pokemon, I want to say. Maybe one day I'll do a deeper dive on it. The original Yokai Watch game and Yokai Watch 2 for the 3DS won't run you too much. Um, so definitely worth it if you're into that sort of thing. I find the games to be very interesting, and I played them before I even, like, really knew about. Pokemon too much, but Pokemon's good too, so. Nothing against, nothing against, um, Pokemon. Why did I have a mind blank there? That was very weird. Um, I was trying to remember the names of them. Why can't I? Ah, yes. Gilgaros, Garganos, Ogreloss, and Arcanos. So Gilgaros is... Um, a red Oni with one horn and two eyes is Gargaros. Gilgaros, if I'm not mistaken, is the blue Oni. But let me fact check that. Uh, there's also smaller yokai that aren't as strong as the four Oni brothers. The ones I'm going to be talking about right now are the four Oni brothers. They all have, like, the same design, per se. Yeah, I w actually, I would love to go more into depth on Yokai Watch someday. I was wrong. Gilgaros is the golden Oni, who is the strongest Oni ever born, who is um, very similar and also based off of the legend we were just talking about a minute ago. And then Ogreloss is the Black Oni, I think. Yes. Orgeloss is the Black Oni, and Orkanos... No, Ogreloss is the Blue Oni, and Orkanos is the Black Oni. The Black... Orgeloss is just a stronger version of Gargaros, and then Orkanos is the embodiment of chaos, which is pretty neat. So, I'm sure that was confusing, but, um... Yeah. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, please let me know if you guys liked this. We should You should be able to leave a review on Spotify, but you can't do that on... Or Apple Podcasts, I mean. You can't do that on Spotify. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode of Lantern Light. See you next time.